Welcome back to The Big Pivot, a new podcast series on how CIOs are leading data-driven transformation. I'm Rob O'Regan with IDG. In this episode, we'll explore how CIOs can make data and insights more accessible to everyone across their organization, while overcoming the barriers such as data silos and a lack of in-house analytics skills. Joining me again is Graham Thompson, CIO and Senior Vice President of Informatica. Welcome back, Graham. Hi, Rob. Nice to talk to you again. So, Graham, in our last episode, we talked about the importance of integrating data across cloud and on-premise environments. Can you talk a bit more about the specific challenges that can arise or that you run into yourself when you try to break down silos of data across the organization? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a topic that's, that I think is important to all of us, and there's a series of challenges. The first one is that if you think about it and how these applications are deployed and how the processes are managed and and optimized, the processes are usually focused on serving only the organization that executes them. So right there, you have a challenge that upstream and downstream processes aren't considered when another functional group tries to optimize their process. So take a supply chain process as an example. So ideally, you would want the sales process to inform the supply chain so that they can make adjustments to the supply plan. But if the sales forecasting process isn't at product level or at some level of abstraction from the product level detail that the supply chain organization needs. The sales forecast is really only useful within the sales team and maybe the finance functions. If the processes and systems were connected and they used the same underlying data structure, in this case from a PIM product, then the hard work that's done in sales and the data that's produced in that area would be useful in another. Secondly, and related to that, is the challenge of ownership. So often, just as one function is only focused on optimizing their process for their purpose, they also can feel ownership of the data as a functional asset that is really just for them. And then often functions are concerned about sharing the data across the enterprise, especially if it may provide insight into the performance of their group or allow one group to fill a gap that is exposed by another. And then the last thing is it's really difficult. You know, we've all got a mess of systems that are spread across on-prem, multiple SaaS clouds, and probably now even in IaaS and PaaS clouds, and potentially one or more data warehouses that may also be in the cloud. So it's hard work really to put the proper governance processes in place and the proper technology to, to help with this problem. So as you, as you work through that mess of systems, are the issues more about infrastructure or are they more about culture? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So like always with any IT opportunity or any IT problem, it's really both. So the technology will overcome the making it possible part, but the cultural change is really required to overcome the barriers to really make it happen and, and obtain end-to-end -end value from whatever the initiative is. So as always, it's both. Understood. So once you kind of tackle that technical piece, once you get to a point where you've integrated all those different data sources, that seems like it actually might be where the real challenges begin. Can you talk a little about what CIOs need to do to improve the ability to analyze and extract insights from that data that they've integrated? Yeah, so too often I find that we get tied into the what are we going to do and how are we going to do it. We get straight to the solution. So I think one thing we have to do is have some concrete examples of the outcomes that we're trying to achieve. So in order to do this, I, I like to ask a big question and a question on analytics that I would ask people is always, if you knew everything about your company, that's everything that goes on inside it and about it but outside of it, if you had all the information what would you do? And any business person can answer that question. And they usually respond and they start to get annoyed because they know they should know information because they know that it's being created within their company 
and they get frustrated that they don't know it and can't answer basic questions. So I usually start out with that. And that gets people motivated to work with you to try and solve the, the nuts and bolts of the problem. So, you know, an example might be between uh, customer support and marketing. We don't always think of those two groups as groups that share information. But if you think about it, who else in the company knows more about how the product's being used than the customer support organization? They have to know the patch level. They have to know what the customer is really doing, what the use cases are, because they have to provide support for that customer. But the most profitable use of that information in the company might be in marketing. And generally, those two organizations don't share that information. So my recommendation, my, my habit is always to start there. You know, what do you really want to try and achieve rather than starting from the point of, I'd like a data lake, please. You know, it's a pretty unintelligent place to start. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So once you've started with that business outcome and you've started to work through kind of the nuts and bolts of the solution, how do you make those analytics that you're extracting, how do you make them accessible to everyone in the organization, not just the analytics team? Yeah, so I have a personal bias here because I used to work in outside of IT and I know the pain of having a scarce resource, which would be the analytics team within the IT organization. So my personal bias is that I want IT out of the way of the business teams when it comes to providing the analytics that the business teams need. If you think about it, the business user knows more about their data and their business than anyone in IT, or they should. So why have someone who knows the fifth most about the problem putting together the solution to answer the question or solve the problem? In my experience, it always creates a choke point where there's way too much demand and the IT team can never keep up and that really just frustrates everyone. So I would get the IT team out of the way when it comes to um, providing the analytics capability. So I'd rather have the IT teams focused on making sure the data is available from the right applications, making sure it's the trusted source of truth, making sure it's secure, and providing two or three analytics and data visualization solutions on top, and then train and enable the users and let them go have at it. But I want to be clear that this is not, I'm not advocating the Wild West. You know, this is IT providing a scalable, secure, and performant data platform. And you could use a product such as our intelligent data lake on Azure, AWS, or on-prem. And then just pick the right visualization solution for you and then make sure the organization is enabled and enabled and trained. So when you start getting into this concept of self-service analytics that you just described, it seems like that would create a big need not just for data scientists, but analytics skill sets up and down the organization. We've all heard about the ongoing shortage of analytics talent. How do you compensate for that as you try to kind of democratize these analytics across the entire enterprise? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And there's a couple of reasons that it's difficult. One is just general availability of the type of talent that we need. If you think about how new some of this technology is, whether it's Hadoop or even the analytics platforms like Tableau, the technology is new and the skills are limited and they're limited out in the market. So that's the first problem. And the second problem is that IT people have to be honest with themselves and think about how willing that type of talent is to come work in IT. A lot of these folks that have gone off to learn this technology, they would perhaps like to apply it in a product group in an R&D type environment rather than IT. So, you know, we've had some challenges to overcome this and it's, as usual, there's more than one answer. You know, one thing we've done is, is retrain some of our high-performing employees that had the traditional database and data warehousing and analytics skills. And then sometimes we have to go outside and try and source that, that talent from the market. And then one other thing I would consider here is we often have to rely on partners. So when we're choosing a product and choosing a solution, choosing a vendor, it's important that we choose someone who 
has a community of partners or maybe their own professional services organisation that can help rather than going to something that's so boutique that there really just isn't enough talent available in the partners. So that's definitely something I think we should consider. Yeah, the, the challenges don't get any easier. How do CIOs begin to leverage new types and higher volumes of data like what's coming from the Internet of Things? Yeah, so, I mean, that's just another challenge layered on top. So I think we, we really do need to think differently about this and will require different infrastructure, tools, and skills to be successful. Everything's changing at one time. So looking at, you asked about IoT in particular, the volume of data alone there is staggering. You know, there's some folks reckon there's going to be 20 billion things connected to the internet by 2020. So the volume is clearly greater than anything we've seen before. And then the nature of the data, you know, a lot of it's unstructured data. So we need different types of databases than we perhaps needed in the past. And I believe that the old cost structures from traditional database vendors, they just won't survive because of the massive scale. And then we'll probably want it to be done in the cloud because that's where most of the data will be. You know, if you think about upwards of 80% of the data being created in the cloud by 2020, you're not going to want to pay for huge network circuits to bring all that data back on-prem. You may as well put your data lake or data warehouse in the cloud. So the whole thing is new. It's a whole new way of thinking and it's challenging. But, you know, I think it's making IT more fun than it's been for a while. Uh, fun, yeah. That's one way to describe it, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in a recent IDG study, 78% of IT and business decision makers said big data analytics has the potential to fundamentally change the way their company does business over the next three years. Last question for you. Can you talk a little bit about some of those fundamental transformations that are likely to take place either across different industries or within your own transformation efforts at Informatica? Yeah, I mean, just locally for us at Informatica, it creates opportunities that just didn't exist before. So and thinking about it, it's hard because we always like to think incrementally about what more could we do or what could we do that's slightly better than what we do today. So instead of taking a step forward and what we could do, if you take a step back and think about what is all the information that you would love to know that you just couldn't know before. So for example, for us, we will have real visibility into how the customers are using our product. In the past, we would ship the product, the customers would deploy it, and we'd have to guess at what capabilities, what features they were using. We're going to know for sure because it's delivered on a cloud platform or as a service platform, and we're going to get real-time feedback on the different parts of the products that the customer is using, and that helps a ton of different things within your enterprise. One example of that would be proactive support. You know, If we know what parts of the product the customer is stressing, what parts they depend on for their business, we can provide support much more effectively. And then I think as we all move towards an as-a-service world, we can build in service, marketing, and other capabilities into the product itself. You could argue that the definition of a product changes as you move towards a, an as-a-service environment. It's no longer just a collection of features. It's now a whole offer where the product can inform itself on how it's been used. It can fix itself if there's a problem that's found in one environment that needs to be solved in every other environment. It just opens up a whole set of possibilities that we really just didn't have just a few short years ago. That statement seems relevant not just for products, but all aspects of a company's business. There's a whole new set of possibilities for how companies serve their customers, how they manage their workforce, how they compete and grow. And as you pointed out in our first podcast, Graham, there's a whole new set of possibilities out there for CIOs as well. Thanks for another great discussion. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It was an interesting one for sure. I'm really looking forward to our next episode where we will discuss how digital transformation is changing the way companies think about securing their data. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. 
Catch all the Big Pivot episodes by subscribing to the IDG Tech Talk channel on SoundCloud and on iTunes. For Informatica and IDG, I'm Rob O'Regan.